I trust that everyone had a great Easter, you know. Um, I'll be honest, I was a little skeptic today of what today would be due to historically, and this is in the church realm and all, that Easter Sunday is your lowest attended service of the year, or not Easter Sunday, the Sunday after Easter is statistically your lowest attended service of the year. I can say, guess what, that didn't happen, you know, so we, uh, we are above the norm, amen, amen. But, you know, I, um, I'm excited today. Um, I'm excited to present a message to you guys and starting off a new series. It's called Face to Face. You ever had a face to face encounter with someone? Maybe it was a good one or maybe it was a bad one, right? We've all had those. Many of you had some already this morning here in our great Connection Cafe where you got your cup of coffee, all right? I get it. Uh, some of you had face to face interaction with someone that you were in here within the service and you had that moment, and that's, that's fantastic. But what I want to talk to you today is about going a little deeper than that, and that's having a face-to-face encounter with God. I want us as a church to have a godly encounter with him. That is of the utmost importance to me as your pastor. Exodus chapter 33, verse 11 says this, that the Lord would speak to Moses, what? Face to face. You know, for a lot of people, a relationship with God is often seen sometimes as distant or, you know, how I like to say it a lot of times, the flannel graph God. What I mean by that is many of you, when you grew up in the old way of Sunday school, before we had technology, what did they have? They had the flannel graph. You remember them? Where the the teacher would stick up the the, the biblical character and they would fall off, you know? Yeah. And so a lot of times we see God as a flannel graph God, or we see God as a very distant being. But the scripture says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Else, watch, watch this. I love this. As man speaks with his what? Friend. That should be the passion for any, every one of us. You know, I really feel in, in my heart this morning that as we had this time of worship, we were in that face to face moment with God. I do. I believe that in that time of worship this morning, we had what I would consider as one of those godly encounters that my my passion today is that we would know God in that type of an intimate way, not just periodically, but daily in our lives. To so many people, God is seen as, again, like I said, distant and far. But the goal of this series that we're about to get into and the message that we're going to look at today is different from that. I want God to be up close and personal in your life. I don't want him to be considered as a mystical being. I want him to be considered as your friend, as your best friend. You know, uh, I am what? A friend of God. And, 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 And the song says, and he calls me friend. You know, that should be the goal for every one of us. Regardless of of how long you have been a Christ follower, we are starting this journey together today. We should never get to the point where I can say I'm close enough to God and that's all of God that I really want. All of us should have a hunger and a desire with inside of us to say, I want more of the things of God. I want more of his Holy Spirit working in me and through me. I want God showing me which ways to go. I want God helping me in my everyday decisions. I want God speak. I want to hear God's voice. I want to feel him in my spirit. 
I want him to lead and to guide me in every thought through every process of my life. That should be our goal. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 through 18. We're going to look at the scripture and it says, Whenever though they... Now, I want to stop there for a second, and I want you to just to, to imagine in your mind that they is speaking as the church, all right? Whenever, though, they or the church turn to face God as Moses did, this is where God gets involved, God removes what? The veil. In other words, God is removing a barrier. God is removing anything that gets in the way between him and us. Have you ever had something get in the way of between you and God? Maybe a relationship, right? Yeah. Sometimes a career can get in the way between us and God. Friendships, yes, marriages, finances. We can allow just, how about, watch this, stuff, right? Stuff, minivans can get in the way between you and God, okay? Some of you understand what I'm talking about. Some of you have no clue. That's okay. You, you, I, I have a minivan. Now, now you know why, okay? It's, we can allow things to get between us and God. And my, my prayer today is that we can go before the Lord and say, God, look, this is what I want. I need you to remove the barriers, the very things that are separating me from you, because I want to get closer to you. Now, I'm going to ask this question, and, and I'm not looking for a response here. Maybe later on in the service I might be looking for a response. But right now I'm not. But how many of you in your heart would say, I'm wanting to get closer to God? Again, no outward response. But I'm wanting to get closer to God. I want that thought to, to just to, to, to reign in your mind as we go through the remainder of this message this morning. Because watch this, I'm your pastor and I want to get closer to God than I've ever been. I need to be closer to God. Trust me, you all have no idea sometimes the things that come my way. God, I got to get close to you, you know? That needs to be one of our goals. But watch this, he says that God removes the veil and there they are, what? Face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living and he, he's a personal presence. In other words, he's not a picture. God is not a story. God is not a bulletin handout like you received this morning. He's not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally present and when he is a what? A living spirit. That old constricting what? Legislation is recognized as obsolete. In other words, watch this. When we have a godly encounter... And we can come face to face with this God that we serve. Religion goes out the door and relationship becomes of the utmost importance. You know, religion tells you the do's and the don'ts. And religion tells you, uh, you know, you know tradition and, and all this stuff. And that's fine. We need that. We need some tradition and we need some guidelines. But... Above everything else, if I'm living my life solely upon what I can and what I can't do and solely upon what tradition says, I'm missing out on something more important, and that is the relationship with God. Because watch this, when we get in tune with a strong relationship with God, the rules of the do's and the don'ts, they don't even come into play because you start doing the things you're supposed to be doing anyway. Does that make sense? That is a clan clap moment. Thank you. You remember last week I read a scripture and Jesus, what, what did he do? He amened himself. I'm going to go amen, Pastor Kevin. All right. Let's continue on. He goes, we're free of it. All of us. There's nothing between us and God. 
our faces shining with the brightness of his face. In other words, that's a fancy way of saying that we start resembling who? God. We are called to be ambassadors of Christ. Are we not? Now, those of you who attend on our Wednesday night Bible study, that's a commercial, okay? Know very well what an ambassador of Christ represents. An ambassador is dressed in the likeness of the king. An ambassador has a vocabulary of the king. The ambassador has the actions of the king. The, the, the ambassador is, is the same stature and, and, and the same look and dressed in the same clothing. So when they go into a foreign land, they directly represent the king. Understand something. This. We are citizens of the kingdom and that is heaven, we are just mere visitors of this foreign land. So therefore, we are to represent the king in the fullness. Amen? That means, as that scripture says, that there is nothing between us and our faces shining with the brightness of his face, we begin to resemble the king when we start to have the godly encounters. And so we are transfiguring much like the Messiah. Our lives, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him or also we become like who? Jesus. So the goal here with this message and with this series that we're getting into is close encounters. Now, look, if you if you um, Google close encounters, here's what you're going to find out. The number one thing that's going to pop up is UFO stuff. All right. And there, I, you, it's just unbelievable. I, I, I started looking, and I just had to put it away because I was like, "These, wow!" You know, maybe you believe in it. I, I don't know, but um, one of the things that I noticed, and I thought this was super strange, there's a thing called UFOlogy. It's a study of UFOs. You can actually become have like a bachelor's degree in UFOs. Are you serious? I guess nobody else thinks that's strange. I do. I'm like, of all things, what are you going to do with that in your life? You know what I mean? Talk about a degree that's most likely going to get you nowhere. Anyway. But watch this. The problem for us is that many of us have heard of other people's encounters with God. Let me repeat that. Many of us in this room, we have heard of other people's encounters with God. We have. The church is full of people who have heard, but yet also have lacked in their own life the godly encounter. My, my desire for you as a pastor is that every time you come into this house, you have an encounter with God. My desire is every time you come on Wednesday nights, you have an encounter with God. Every time you come to a first Wednesday, you have an encounter with God. Every time you come on a Sunday morning, you have an encounter with God. But watch this. I'm going to take it a step further. Every morning that you get up, and I pray that you do this in your personal life, that you open that word and God leaps from the pages and you have a godly encounter with him. My prayer is that when you go into a time of prayer, as you start your day, that God himself begins to reveal himself and his Holy Spirit begins to move. And it doesn't become an emotional time. Because, but it becomes a time full of passion in your life. Now. As I said, the problem for many of us is that we have heard of people having it, but we have never experienced it ourselves. I'm going to tell you guys a story. 
it's, it, it's really kind of dumb, but it's the only way I know how to really explain this. You've ever had a conversation with someone and you have experienced something and you've tried to explain it to the best that you can so they can share in that excitement, but they look at you like, that's great. Has anybody ever been there? Please tell me I'm not the only one. I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to be good at communicating, okay? I tell you guys a lot about my family stories, especially my kids, but this one has nothing to do with my kids. This has everything to do with me and my lovely wife, Andrea. All right, she's looked, the eyebrows went up. She's extremely nervous right now because she has no idea what I'm about to say. And so we, um, we went on our honeymoon to Aruba, and it was a great, beautiful place. You guys got to be there. See, you're looking at me like it's not. Okay, great, great, okay, see. But anytime anyone ever tells me that they've been to Aruba or, or anything like that, I always have this story for them because I think this is just the, the greatest experience at a restaurant that I've ever had in my entire life. And so we, right at the end of our honeymoon, we went to this, I think it was called like Fishbone or, or something like that. It's this restaurant, and it was really in a sketchy spot in Aruba, all right? Here I got a rental car, and I'm driving, and I'm looking around like I have no idea where I'm at. This place is looking really sketchy. There's people out and about, you know. Apparently this restaurant's supposed to be great because the guy at the hotel said it was. And so we drive, and we go, and, and we, we park, and we get in, and and then they go and they seat you, but they seat you outside. The restaurant's outside. It's not really inside. Just a small portion is, but the majority of it is, is completely outside. And, and so they take you to your table. But what was so cool about it is your table was in the water. Yeah. Ooh. Somebody, somebody caught my excitement there. Right? And so the table's in the water, and you're sitting down, and your feet's in the water. And they got this, you know, you're, you're right there at sunset. Are, are y'all feeling the excitement? Are you feeling it? And, and, and so it was so cool because that, that was an encounter for us because we got to experience something that we've never experienced before and it meant a lot to us and it was so awesome that I have to tell everybody about it. And look, sometimes when you go to a restaurant, the atmosphere is cool, but the food's not, you know? It was all good, all right? It was all fantastic. But you're sitting there and the server's coming up, the water's coming in and, you know, Fisher, you can feel them touch you and all this stuff. And it was just, okay, it was a close encounter for me. It was good, you know? Are you following me now? Now do you see what I'm talking about? You're like, that's great, Pastor Kevin. What does this have to do with the message? Absolutely nothing. So you just had to have what? Been there. Am I right? You just had to be there. How many times have you had a godly encounter with God and you tried to explain to someone and finally just go, well, you just had to have been there. I don't want you to hear you just have to have been there. I want you to say it to somebody else about what God is doing in your life, how God is moving in your life, how God is bringing barriers down, how that veil is coming down, how you're experiencing, how the power of the Holy Spirit's rushing over your life. I want you to have to look at people and be so excited to tell them all about what God is doing, and then you have to say, well, you just had to be there. Amen? So the psalmist said this. He said, as a deer pants for the water, so my soul thirsts. Or is what? Running hard or pursuing after who? You. So when we draw near to God, God draws near to us. So here's a couple things we need. We need power, not just words. Amen. 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 
Uh, I love that one right there. That's my favorite point of the whole message. We need power, not just words. I need to experience God's power. I just don't want to hear about it from you. I want to tell you about God's power. Amen? I don't, words are, have you ever had a conversation where somebody, you know, they're wah, 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 you know, just words coming out. I want the power. I want to experience the source. I just don't want someone telling me about God. I want to experience God. I want him to be, to totally transform our lives. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5 says this. I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. My message of preaching, this is Paul speaking here, okay? My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words. Now, stop there for a second because here's what you need to understand. Throughout all scripture, minus Solomon, King Solomon, Paul was probably one of the wisest people. He was highly educated. He was well-versed in the scriptures long before he ever experienced Christ. Understand that this man had a knowledge. You, we would probably call him today Dr. Paul. Okay, He was somewhat of a, what we would consider as a theologian. Okay, And in this moment, he's saying, look, it's not about my words. It's not about what I know. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, he's saying, instead of my words, I'm demonstrating the power of God so that your faith might not rest on man's wisdom, but on God's power. Rhetorical question again here for a moment, but who wants to experience God's power? Who wants to have that face-to-face encounter with God? In other words, he's saying that it's not about my words. In other words, he's even saying, I could care less. I could care less about my words. You could be the most uneducated individual when it comes to the Bible. But if you are open to God's movement of his Holy Spirit, God will demonstrate his power through a willing vessel much more then he will demonstrate his power through someone who is highly educated, but not in connection with him. I will take the uneducated over the educated in that moment. I want God's power to be demonstrated every day in my life and especially in your lives and in this church. Secondly, we need an encounter, not just an explanation. You know, I want you to encounter. I want you to press in to God. Yeah, I remember my, and I've, I've shared this many times with you guys, of my testimony of the day that I received Jesus into my life. I grew up in the church. My dad was a pastor. I didn't take Jesus in until I was 18 years old. And, and, and I recall that, that, that Friday night in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, at this youth conference called Winterfest, and, and I'll never forget it, and I pray I'll never forget it. But I recall sitting there that, that evening during that moment. There was no preaching that day. It was all about a lot of worship. And, and there was a demonstration of the scriptures through a dramatization. Through, through, through a program called Master's Commission. And I, I remember sitting there in that moment. And, 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 and the, the opportunity was given for salvation that, that evening. And I sat there and I was like... I'm feeling something here, something stirring within me, and God's moving. I'm seeing all these kids all around me, teenagers all around me, having a godly encounter. And I promise you this, 
If they would have never been obedient to God's spirit that evening and allowing God to move into work in their lives and them having a godly encounter, I don't think I would have ever accepted Jesus Christ in that moment. Because I looked and I said, you know what? I must have what they have. I've been educated over it. I've been told about it. But here's a group of kids who would not have a theological degree. They didn't have a great education in the spiritual realm. But what they did know was this, that the source of their power did not come from man, but the source of the power that was reigning and ruling in their life came through the Holy Spirit and by the power of God. Why? Because they were willing vessels to allow God to use them. So, you know, oftentimes we will come in to service and we'll have worship. And, you know, I'm, I'm not making fun of anyone, so I don't want you to take it that way. But most, this is about as far as our emotional state gets and the passion that we show toward Jesus. You know, I, I want people to begin to, to lift their hand. Can, can I step out of the box here a little bit for you? Can, can I bring you on this journey that we're, gonna, that we're calling it right now? I want people to have a godly encounter. You know, it's just, a, I, I've heard many pastors say it's a, the carrying the TV worship. Right here. It's the carrying the TV worship. And then you have some of them people like the Tommy Daisy, I caught a fish this big worship. Right? <laughs> right? And then you have those who, who go like the touchdown Jesus. Amen. You know, I actually saw that in Ohio one day. At a statue. It was, it was quite interesting. You know, John 9 and 17, and then verse 25 says this. Finally, they turned again to the blind man. And he says, what have you to say about him? In other words, they want to know what came about. They're looking. They're, Jesus had done a great miracle right here. And so it says that finally they turned again to the blind man. And they said, what have you to say about him? And he replied, look, whether... He's a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but guess what? Now I see. I don't even think the man even heard a word he probably even had to say. I believe the man seen that this guy was doing something great, and he went to him, and Jesus just healed him. Why? Because he believed in the demonstration of the power. Why? Because he had a face-to-face encounter with God in that moment. They say we have an encounter that we need to become intrigued. We need to have a what? A change. For us, maybe all I know is that my life was a mess. Some of you might be able to say that about yours. As a Christ follower, there was a time where my life was a mess, but the moment I accepted Jesus, he began to bring order to my chaos. He, sometimes we don't like the order that he brings. <laughs> all right, I'm not gonna... I, I'm, thank you, that's true. Yes, amen, amen. You know... But I need his order. I need his discipline. I need his love and his compassion being shown to me every single day of my life. I need God to correct me so that I don't fall back into the ways of my old. So that I can stay into the ways of his newness. And the way he's trying to lead and direct us. Thirdly, we need presence and not just practice. We are in church and some of you have been so long that you know the order of the service. You know what's coming next, and you know what I'm going, when I'm going to give a family story on Carter or Caden. But if we're not careful, we can get so caught up in the practice that we can miss his presence. We find ourselves just going through what? The motions. We need to be careful on that. I don't want to be a church full of 
motion. I don't want to be a church full of emotion. I want to be a church full of passion. When you're passionate, you're going after it. When you're passionate, you value it. When you're passionate, you will dig in and you will go deeper. When you're passionate, it doesn't matter what the distractions are going around you. You still love Jesus and you're still going to press on. Romans chapter 8, verse 11, it says this. It stands to reason, doesn't it, that if the alive and present God who raised Jesus from the dead moves into your life, he'll do the same thing in you that he did in Jesus, bringing you what? Alive to himself. When God lives and breathes in you, as a Christ follower, he does through Jesus. You are delivered from that dead life. With his spirit living in you, your body will be as live as who? Christ's. The same thing that happened in Jesus could be the same thing that can happen in your marriage, your finances, your career, your spiritual walk, your psychological issues, your friendships, whatever your life represents. We talked last week about the ruins of our life. We talked about how we have ruins in our lives. We're all about that Friday experience where Jesus died on that cross. We're about that salvation moment, but we beat ourselves up so much that we say, I've missed out already so much that there's no way I can get any of that back and that God can't work through me like he's worked through other people. That is so false. If God can raise a man from the dead, do you not think he can't raise your past? Do you not think that he can't raise out what you might have missed out and bring it back into your life again to be something that could be powerful and change people's lives? Absolutely. He can bring your ruins back. Um, so how do we do this? How, how do we get to that point? We're going to look at uh, a story in the Bible called Jacob. I'm going to call it Jacob's encounter. The reason for this is because it's the first time in the Bible that the phrase face to face is mentioned. I'm going to give you a little bit of background info here on Jacob. Set this story up for a minute. Jacob is the grandson of Abraham. You had Abraham, Isaac, and you had Jacob. He's the second born twin of Rebekah and Isaac. They weren't identical twins. Esau was his brother, the other one. He was tough. He was, the Bible says he was a hairy man. He was masculine. He was a hunter type of guy, okay? He, but then you had Jacob who, well, we'll just say he was a mama's boy, all right? That's, that's, I don't know how else to say it. He was just, that's who he was. So this created a wound in Jacob's heart. Because he felt as if his father did not look upon him quite like he looked upon his brother. Different birthright there. Which created a wedge between him and his brother Esau. And so they began hating one another. And many of you know the story. Sibling rivalry came in. And, and so now Jacob, he's older. He's married. And when he goes to be with his wife, <laughs> they're talking about some bad, bad way of here. All right, His father-in-law slips in a different daughter. And so now he's mad at his father-in-law because now he's got this other lady who he wasn't expecting to be his wife is now a lot of chaos. You see some family. Thanksgiving would not be fun. Actually, it might be for us to see and watch, right? I'm an instigator. I got to be honest. Does anybody ever instigate anything within the family? Right? I love, I I do it out of entertainment. My mother-in-law and father-in-law, I can get them at each other quickly. And it's fun. I, it's, that's awful, isn't it? They love each other. They're all right. All right. But I, get, I spent a week with them in Florida. I had a heyday with that. Okay. Anyway, 
So this is, this is what's going It's a chaotic moment here, right? There's a lot of chaos going on. And unfortunately, that's what a lot of people do when things get crazy in their life. It gets chaotic, and they find themselves on what I would call a spiritual run. We, we run, we leave. Not to God, but oftentimes we go from God. When things aren't going just how we want, what do we do? We're, we're running from rather than running to God. I mean, for a split second, we might run to God in the sense of, Lord, help. God, help me right now. Lord, I need you to intervene in this situation. And if it doesn't happen in our timing, what do we do? We look for an answer on social media. All right? So Jacob is on a run, and now he hears that his brother is chasing him down. And he's afraid of Esau. So the night before Esau, this is what we see in the scriptures in Genesis. Chapter 32, we're going to look at verses 24 through 30. It says, so Jacob was left alone in a man... The Hebrew, it says an angel or angel spirit or Jesus himself wrestled with him till daybreak. Imagine wrestling with Jesus. Hmm. For some of you, you will start off this process and it won't be that easy in your life. There's a wrestling match going on because you have been doing it your way for a long, long time. Let me just, I want to say it this way. The Bible says, lift your hands in the sanctuary. The Bible says that we are to praise and to glorify God. And the Bible says that we, we, we are to, to come before the Lord with, with, a, with a heart of thanksgiving with inside of us. Not coming to God in a cold manner, but coming to God open, saying, Lord, regardless of everything that's going on around me, I'm coming in. I'm going to praise you in this storm. That's a song. And that's a good song. I'm going to praise you in this storm. I will lift my hands, right? Regardless of what's going on in my life, God. The bad, the good, the pretty, the ugly. Regardless, God, nothing is going to take praise from my lips to you. But so there's a wrestling match and, and, and going on in your life. But here it goes. It says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, Jacob right here is being stubborn. Some of you need to become spiritually stubborn. Amen, Pastor Kevin. This is what I'm talking. You get so stubborn over your family. You get stubborn over those possessions. You get stubborn over your emotions and your feelings. But the moment something attacks you spiritually, oh, we give in. Some of us, we need to become stubborn spiritually. I'm sick and tired of Satan and the enemy trying to rule and reign in my life. I'm not going to have any part of that. I want God to be the king and the Lord of my life. I'm going to be stubborn spiritually. All right. A couple of you enjoyed it. So it says he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched and he wrestled with the man. So why would God or this angel do this? Sometimes the only way God can get through to you in your life is where you get to a place of weakness that you realize that you cannot do it without him. Watch this. If you don't initiate it yourself, we become weak before God and we will allow things to happen in order to bring God rather allows things to happen in order to bring us to a place where we realize we can only depend upon him. But the scripture says, then the man said, let me go, for it is daybreak. In other words, just let me go, forget you. You're not responding. 
I'm out of here. But Jacob replies this, I will not let you go unless you bless me, meaning an internal joy, an internal soul joy. Here's what you guys need to do. Some of you need to get to the spot where you're going to buckle down. And and you could probably say, I've never had an encounter. I've never been face to face. Look, I've not been face to face with God, but I've had godly encounters with God. I have felt the move of God's spirit in my life. I have felt God leading me and guiding me. I have felt God speaking through people into my life. I have felt God speak to me through his scriptures. I have felt God speak to me as I meditate upon him. And I have those times of prayers. I have felt God speak to me. And there has been times I recall probably within the last eight to nine months where I have literally come into a desperate mode where I've come in here and in this altar on my own and said, Lord, I will not leave this moment until you touch me. It is time that we gain a passion as a Christ follower to say, Lord, I'm not doing this prayer out of a routine, but God, I am not going to leave this moment until you speak to me, until you touch me, and until I have a godly encounter with you. So he says, the man asked him, well, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have what? Overcome. Something powerful happened there. Why? Because he stuck it out. He was stubborn spiritually, and he would not leave that moment until God moved in his life. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? In other words, the angel here is saying, that doesn't mean anything in this moment. My name is not important. What is important is I have moved in your life. It says, then he blessed him. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I have saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. Real quick, three things happen. I'm going to be really fast about this, so buckle up. Number one. We need a new strength. At some point, if you want God to move in your life, you've got to say that I am exhausted and that I am tired. What are you exhausted and tired? You're not exhausted and tired spiritually. You're exhausted and you're tired of fighting the enemy as he's coming at you every which way he can. I'm tired of giving in to him. I'm exhausted and allowing him to influence me or allow others to influence me rather than allowing God to influence me. So I need a new strength. Watch this. Isaiah chapter 40, 29 through 31 says, He gives strength to the weary and increase the power of the weak. We must come to that spot where we say, I am desperate for you, God. I am desperate in this moment. He goes on to say, even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord What? They're pursuing God. What happens when you pursue God? You renew your strength. They will soar like eagles. Now, this is something really cool and interesting that I found out. You ever notice, you rarely see an eagle flap its wings. What's it do? It's just out, and it's soaring, and it's gliding. And it's a beautiful sight, is it not? (laughs) And then you look at all the other birds, and they're flapping as hard as they can to get where they need to get to. Some of you have been flapping and flapping and flapping and flapping. God did not, he did not compare you to a bird. He compared you to an eagle. Do you know how an eagle gets that ability? There's a thing called a thermal wind. And when that wind gets up underneath those wings, it's 
The eagle doesn't even have to hardly do anything. He just puts the wings out and he allows the wind to move him and take care of him and take him from point A to point B or wherever he's going. God is our thermal wind. The Holy Spirit is our thermal wind. And you are an eagle. You are precious in God's sight. You are one of the most important. You are God's favorite. And it is time. Yes, amen. It is time. That we do just as that. Renew our strength. I'm going to spread my wings, Lord. I'm going to allow you, God. It's not going to be on my own effort. My own effort. What happens? I get tired. I get exhausted. I fail. But I'm just going to stretch out and allow you to move, God. It says, what? They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. In other words, it's not in your strength anymore. Secondly, we need a new identity. The prayer... To pray in this is, Lord, change me. When I, I was thinking there had to be a better way to explain or, or a better point here. But it's the only thing that could come to me. Change me. Because it seems like that's our prayer all the time. Lord, change me. But do we really mean that? Is that really our heart's desire in our prayer? Lord, change me. There's a reason I question that is this, because oftentimes God will move in and try to bring change into our lives. But if it's out of our comfort zone, if it's out of the plan that we had, we go, oh, that must not be of God because it's not lining up with what I want. So then really it's not, Lord, change me. It's not about God changing me in that moment. What, what, what really happens there is it, it's, well, God, if I agree with you, I will allow you to do what you want, but only on my terms. So I, 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 don't, I don't agree with that. When we pray that prayer for that new identity of Lord, change me. Watch this. Isaiah 43, 18, 18 through 19 says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on your past. See, I'm doing a what? A new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and a stream in the wasteland. I'm going to add on there. For you. Specifically for you. Revelation chapter 2 and 17 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes. I will give some of, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give him a white stone. Watch this. With what? A new name written on it. God, change my identity. I know I've created a rapport for myself. I know I've created a reputation for myself. I know that things of my former ways has put a preconceived idea in people's minds about me. But God, let's begin to change that. I don't want people to see the old me. I want people to see what you're doing in me and through me. I'm not the one flapping my wings going on my own anymore. Lord, I'm acting as I, you, you have called me to be and to soar and through your Holy Spirit and through your presence. Lastly, I'm going to close on this one. Number three, a new joy. We've um, we talked about in a previous sermon series about happiness. And we understand this. Happiness only happens 
when our circumstance around us allow it to be. In other words, happiness is strictly circumstantial. If things around me are going good, I'm happy. If things around me are going bad, I'm not happy. We've all been there. I, I shared a, a story on my Walt Disney World trip last week with you. Popcorn went flying. I was not happy in that moment. $30 popcorn flying through the air. It was not a good moment. I didn't finish that. I forgot to tell you this too. We went to go to get our picture in front of that, that castle that's costing me so much money. And the lady looked at me and she could see that I was frustrated over the spilled popcorn. And I've told you this before. There was a, one time we went to Disney World and Carter had a complete meltdown. Can I say we had like no meltdowns except for me? Yeah, praise Jesus, right? We had no meltdowns this trip. At least I don't recall. We even like, we were like, wow, this is weird. We had no meltdown, you know? But there was a time where Carter had a meltdown and their, their people are so trained. They, this guy's sweeping up dirt and he saw Carter have a meltdown, came right over, totally changed Carter's attitude like within an instant. And I, I just sat there and was like, wow. You know, I need you in my life every day, you know? Well, that, that, that worker saw me, I guess, when that popcorn went there, she could see on my face, I was just, this, I'm putting a smile on because we're in front of this castle. You know what I mean? And she looked at me, she said, now dad, it's only popcorn. You can go right over there and we'll fill it right back up for free. You know? We get so worked up sometimes in life over some of the stupidest stuff, don't we? Church is split over some of the stupidest stuff. People get offended within the church over the dumbest things. You get mad at somebody in your family and hold a grudge forever because they looked at you wrongly. Well, maybe you looked ugly then. I don't know. You know, I'm, whatever. We get so worked up over some dumb stuff. And, and so we allow our outward circumstances to dictate our happiness. And most of us, we compare our happiness to be whether or not we're going to have joy with inside. Let me explain something to you. Joy comes from God. Not what is happening around you. Joy comes from Jesus. If you have Jesus, you have joy. Plain and simple. The psalmist wrote in 16 Psalm 16 and 11, he says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Stand with me this morning. The opening scripture said that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. He had a godly encounter. There's no doubt in my mind from the moment the, 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 the first announcement to when we say our last amen, I truly believe we've had an encounter with God today. We've had an encounter with God through the worship. We've had an encounter with God through the word. We're going to have an encounter of God here in just a few moments through prayer. But my, my prayer today is this. I'm talking about all this stuff, but maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe you've not allowed Jesus and that joy to come into your life and to be demonstrated inside of you. Maybe you've heard the stories, you've, 
You've heard the sermons. You've heard the messages. You know all. You know the rhetoric. You know the motions. But I'm not talking about any of that today. I want you to have relationship. That's the number one thing. That's why I stand here. If people aren't coming to Jesus because of this church, then we are failing. Understand that? I am failing as a pastor if people are not coming to know Jesus. Last Sunday, we had several people come to know Jesus. Several Sundays before, we had several people. And I believe that God is going to use us to continue to reach the lost. But there might be some lost in here this morning. You don't know who Jesus is. I want you to do every about ever I close here in this house. I want to ask you this question. If you could say, Pastor, you know what? I want to know Jesus. I want to accept Jesus today as my Lord and Savior. I want him to be the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords in my life. And today I want to make a change. If that's you today, I want you to slip up your hand. Is there anybody in this house today? I see that hand. Wow, thank you. Is there anyone else who wants Jesus in their life? I see that hand, thank you. I see that one, and I see that one. Thank you. Do you see, you don't see, I don't want you to see it. I want every eye bowed, every eye closed. But you don't understand the joy that's in my heart right now. To know that we're accomplishing what God wants. And that is to spread the gospel and to add people to the kingdom. So I'm going to ask for everyone, if you would, to say this prayer loudly with me. And do it in a manner with confidence. Lord Jesus, I love you. And today, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. Today, Lord, I commit my life to you. And from this day forward, I serve you and you alone. I love you, Jesus. Amen and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise? Thank you, Lord. Now, you know there's always a now. There's always another part. If you know me by now, you know. We talked about this joy and we talked about having a close encounter. We talked about face to face. And actually, if the service would have been dry today and then I did this message, it might have been a little bit easier to do what I'm going to do next. But man, you, you guys have been, you guys were spot on this morning. You guys were. I got to give you full credit. But I want us to have a, cl- a close encounter with God. I want every day of your life to see him face to face. When you open that word, I don't want you to see words. I want you to face to face with God. When I get down in time of prayer, face to face with God. I want you to become stubborn when it comes to God. Don't let go when it comes. No, no, you will bless me, Lord, before we leave this moment. So I'm going to give that opportunity to you today. You got something to sing? Like, How Great Is Our God? Excellent. If you don't, you are now, right? So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to step out from where you are. If you could say, Pat, you would say, Pastor, that's what I want. I want a close encounter. I want face-to-face with God. I'm going to ask you in this moment to step out where you are, to come across this front. They're going to sing a fabulous song. 
and they're going to lead you in a moment of worship where here's what you're going to do. You're going to initiate that prayer to get face to face with God. So step out, get down here, and do your thing.